Hello and welcome to episode 190 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Los Angeles. I'm Nathan Fox. With me in Vienna, Virginia is Ben Olson. Ben, I'm wearing my brand new Praise the Demon t-shirt right now. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I could be wearing mine. mine. Mine is in a box just right here behind me. Excellent. Yeah, I feel like a total dork wearing my own merchandise, but I don't care because I'm so excited. <laughs> so wait, why are you wearing it? Are you going outside today? Or no, not at just all. Just for your own personal, uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to say thanks to Jenny in San Francisco for coming up with the uh, Praise the Demon tagline. And uh, also thank James for making the awesome graphic on the shirts. We'll have those for sale pretty soon on our new website. If you want to get yourself a <laughs> Praise the Demon t-shirt. Today on the show, we are going to... Uh, uh, somebody emailed in, Ben, with a tip about your Murph challenge. So we're going okay. to get a little bit of a tip there. And I can't believe we're going to do this. This is going to be the most cringy, probably, episode ever because we're going to read <laughs> our own personal statements for law school. I hope this one gets lost in the archives. (laughs) It's going to be so awful. I, when I sent it yesterday, when I sent it to Sarah, I look, I took a peek at it again and I was just like, Oh fuck, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. So anyway, you know, it's only fair. We've ripped the shit out of a million other people's personal statements. And, um, so we're going to take a look at Ben's and we're going to take a look at mine. Yep. Let's see. This show is going to air on April 29th. I guess it'll be too late to register for the June LSAT by then, but we do have June 4th here as the last day to register for the July LSAT. So you got a little while. You probably don't need to decide yet if you're going to take that July test or not. Although then again, basically everybody should take the July LSAT coming on July 15th. And just a reminder, PSA, but the reason why you should take that July test is because they're going to let you see your score and then decide whether you want to cancel. And that's a one-time only deal. And uh, if you do cancel, they're going to give you a free retake in September. So what do you got to lose? I agree. Hey, while we're talking about this test, I would say that I still frequently hear people saying, oh, I just, I got to get it done in June because I don't want to take the dreaded digital yeah. LSAT in July. I would just stop and say, hey, look, it's exactly the same as the paper-based test. You're going to have paper that you can write on. A student of mine just called into LSAC and asked them if they could bring a pencil to the digital test and LSAC said yes. And so you can actually continue to use a pencil on your scrap paper In fact, you're going to save yourself time because you don't have to bubble in answers. You just touch the answer that you like. If you decide to change your answer, you touch another one and your other answer is instantly erased, obviously, because it's digital. So I think (laughs) that there's really nothing to fear and only things to be happy about when it comes to the digital LSAT. And you can practice on lsat.demon.com as we continue to develop that feature over the next couple of weeks. And I, I think you're going to be happier with that experience. In fact, you'll probably hope that you get the digital LSAT once you realize what it's like. Yeah, I agree. I had somebody just yesterday telling me that she was trying to avoid the July test because of the high. She thought it was going to be like a hybrid format. Mm, yeah, <laughs> like, a lot no. of confusion out there. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to get either pencil and paper or the digital format. And if you get the pencil and paper, then it's just the same as it's always been. And if you get the digital format, it's basically better. 
So there's and and the ability to see your score after the test and then decide whether you want to cancel it. It's just a no brainer. Another common question I've uh, heard is, will I be able to cancel it and take it again for free if I ended up taking the paper based test? And the answer is yes. Um, They are trying to get people to come take this test. And they're giving that incentive to anyone and everyone who takes it in July. Yeah, it's just one time only, just free shot at it. There's there's just no reason not to take the July LSAT. Yeah. And if you, it, you know, you should probably also take June uh, if you can, if you're already registered. Mm-hmm. There's no reason not to take June because you get to see your score from the June test and then compare with your July score and keep it if it's higher. So it's just pretty simple. You can email the show help at thinking uh, send us questions, send us suggestions for pearls versus turds, send us your personal statement. If you want us to um, rip the shit out of it, listen all sorts of ways, Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, thinking all sorts of stuff. Let's see. Do we need to do any updates on the LSAT demon? We continue to work on it. We're, like I just mentioned, finalizing the full test feature. There are still little things here and there that need to be worked out. But we hope to roll that out to the preview site probably by Tuesday of next week, which would be the day or so after this podcast is released. Yeah, so very soon. Yeah. And, um, I'm having a really good time writing explanations. I got all the way to inbox zero yesterday Mm. and I will do so again today. Um, looking at my inbox right now, I've got requests for, uh, from Michael and Alana and let's see what else do we have here. Taylor and Daniel, Stephanie, uh, thanks everybody for sending in your explanation requests and, uh, I will get those out to you today so everybody keep hey, asking questions yes funny funny story here so <laughs> a few days ago or like a week ago i think you emailed me and you're like i've really i've cleared out all my all the all the requests yeah from elsa demon and it was at the same time that the ask button had gone down <laughs> i don't know if you know that did you know that it went down for a few days there I know. I guess I noticed I didn't, I wasn't getting any requests. Yeah. I was like, I was like, awesome. Then I'm like, Oh, wait a sec. The ask button is down. Oh. <laughs> That's probably why <laughs> you're making all I'm the, like, you're like, Holy feeling cow. Great. <laughs> yeah. I'm overcoming this sea of questions yeah. anyways, but that's back up now. So that was probably really good timing. Cause I was traveling. And so I was like falling behind for a couple of days, but <laughs> <laughs> now I'm back home. So I, uh, I've steadily been writing every day. And it's Good. been, yeah, it's been awesome. Okay. Should we get to it? Oh, lsatdemon.com, by the way, if you want to check out our joint project for digital LSAT preparation, you can do a free trial. People love it. I don't know what to say. We should re- yeah. read more of those testimonials. Yeah. We also got to read more testimonials of people who don't like us. I think that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to something the other day. I can't remember what it was. And the person was reading, um, oh, it was like a workout video. And the person was reading a testimonial of someone who clearly liked them. And it was interesting and it was cool. But at the same time, it just was like, like, I don't know. There was something kind of expected about it. Like, oh, okay, you're going to read us this. And so I kind of want to read like negative ones just to, you know, give people some entertainment. 
So. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, we're going to yeah, shit on ourselves plenty today with yeah. these personal statements. Let's uh, delay the inevitable by just talking about the Murph for a little while. You want to read this tip for the Murph? Sure. So I'm getting ready to do the Murph on Memorial Day, and I have asked for advice from listeners on how to do well during this challenging workout that a lot of CrossFitters do around the world. I think they do it around the world. At least they do here in the U.S. And Frankie sent in this advice. Advice for Murph. When you need to stop for a moment, count 1-1000, 2-1000, 3-1000, and then immediately start going again. Don't let yourself stop for longer than that. It gets real tough to start again. Good luck. This is great advice, Frankie. I actually uh, saw this the other day and uh, have already started using it when I was working out yesterday. So thank you. Any, um, can we extrapolate that to the LSAT? Okay, I will. <laughs> I was like, do people end up like stopping in the middle of the section? No, not, like, I don't think I in don't the want to continue. The... Well, <laughs> okay. So sometimes people do stop in the middle of like the logic games. Okay. Like mm-hmm. they just to- totally, you know how you get that deer in the headlights thing sometimes on the first day of class Sure. <laughs> or the first sure. practice test. Yeah, just no, stop. that is true. First day of class and they're just sitting there. They're like, I'm going to wait for you to talk about this game. And it's like, just tr- like try, try. Yeah. I, I like, I've started going out of my way kind of on the first, and I got to remember to say that tonight cause I've got a new class starting tonight, but I got it. It's like, I have to go out of my way to say, Hey, listen, you might have an instinct here to just freeze up and stop, but you can't like, you're going to have to sit here for 35 minutes. Just try, do your best, do just the first game, spend the whole 35 minutes. You can do it. You can figure it out. All the information's right there. You can figure it out. But people just freeze, you know, and stop. So maybe this is good advice for that. The other thing I would say is like, just to sort of keep a daily routine, right? I mean, this is counting one, 1,000 to 1,000, but the point is basically keep going. So I think people just stop and don't get restarted on their prep. I mean, this happens all the time where people reach out to us. Like, you know, those people, Ben, who have been emailing you for four years, Mm. (laughs) like, you haven't heard from them in nine months and then they pop up and they start saying like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm trying to study, you know, how, what should I do? Yeah. And it's like, well, basically the same thing I told you nine months ago, which is you need to be doing a little bit every day mm-hmm. and just kind of keep going. So I don't know. It, it, it's, uh, seems somewhat similar to just like, yeah, it's hard. Okay, fine. Get over it. Like you gotta, you gotta take the next step. Yeah. Oh, pearls versus turds. Okay. All right. Yeah. Pearls versus turds is a recurring feature where we go over a a bit of received LSAT wisdom from uh, the internet or from a student or who knows where these tips come from. And then we decide whether they're good or bad advice. So far, we have one pearl, 12 turds and seven ties. So here's an idea from a listener. Okay. If you have one and a half time accommodations on the LSAT, you should still practice with 35 minute sections with the exception of one or two full length one and a half time tests in the weeks before the test. Now, I read that and I thought it was a bad tip. Yeah. But then they make a case for it here. So let's consider it. When I first was approved for accommodations, I switched to 53 minute sections and it felt like I had all the time in the world. However, 
after doing 53-minute sections for four months, I became accustomed to taking that much time, and I would allow myself to take more time on questions I did not need to because I lacked urgency. Then at the end of the sections, I would often be rushing or I would fail to figure out a few questions. Switching back to 35-minute sections for practice has improved my urgency on one-and-a-half-time tests. The improvement in urgency makes me more accurate. I'm a little surprised by what's going on here. It doesn't seem like this person should be trying to squeeze this section that he or she can do in 53 minutes into a 35-minute section. It's just, you don't have to, and so you're necessarily going to take shortcuts where you otherwise wouldn't have to, and then you're developing habits that you don't need to develop or even want to develop. I feel like this may have been on balance better for them, but it seems to me like something even better would be to be consciously aware of the fact that they're going too slowly up front at the beginning of their 53-minute section and make the decision to go faster up front <laughs> and continue to practice with 53 minutes. But like fix the problem within that context because that's actually the context in which they're going to take the test. Yeah, I, right. You need to practice the way you're going to play. So yeah. my, that's my gut is this is a turd because you need to practice the way you're going to play. You're going to have time and a half on the day, so you might as well give yourself time and a half on your practice sections. I I mean, we can't argue with like that it worked for this listener. I just don't think I would give this advice to anyone else. I don't understand why this person says, I would allow myself to take more time on questions I did not need to. I don't get that because you should be able to answer these questions with basically with certainty. Like you should just arrive at the correct answer. And when you arrive at the correct answer, then why are you going to spend more time on it? I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. What is this? That thing, Ben, that sometimes people do on the day of the official test where they like triple check all the wrong answers kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, I can, I kind of understand, I guess, this idea that all of a sudden they felt like they had all the time in the world. So they just ended up overthinking things like you're saying, and maybe becoming disengaged to some extent, because it's like, they're just so slow and methodical as opposed to just being very thoughtful about what's being said, trying to understand it and engage with it. But it does not mean that I'm moving slowly, right? I actually kind of understand this last sentence. My improvement in urgency made me more accurate. It sounds like this person was almost becoming sleepy <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like, like, well, we do hear that from time to time, right? Yeah. People that get accommodations. I mean, <laughs> I've had students who score 180 on their practice tests and then they get accommodated. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you don't need that time. And that could, I could definitely see that hurting you. Because now you potentially are going to have to be sitting there for, you know, an extra half hour. <laughs> it's like, that's just for what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't really endorse this tip. 
Maybe this person just doesn't need accommodations. Maybe they don't need accommodations. I would say most people, right, have a 35 minute time limit and it's not uncommon for people to go too slowly on questions that they clearly understand and they need to recognize that, know that they know the answer, pick it and move to the next answer so that they don't feel that pressure or at least as much pressure to rush at the end because they've gotten they've gotten further into the section by being smart up front. I don't know. Like I've actually, this is interesting. Sorry, random side note, but since I don't take the test very often in a time setting, I take it every time it comes out, right? Which was four times, uh, three times a year before. And now it will be a little, I don't know actually if it'll be more frequently because it seems like there's more non-disclosed tests. But sometimes I would find from my first section that I would go through it slower than I should have because I was almost going through it like I do in class every day, which is like, read the question, read the sentence, start explaining to other people what that sentence says. And it, it's, it's like I have been practicing in some ways different than I would actually take the test because I'm talking so much as I get yeah. through each of these questions. And so I can definitely see how people need to become consciously aware of like, wait, are you doing this in an engaged way. I have to do that. I, have to, I remind myself now, right before I take a, a practice test that's just been released to the public, I'm like, okay, like be engaged, take this test and stay focused and move along. It doesn't mean I'm going to move any faster than I want to, because I want to make sure I understand as we say over and over on the show, but I'm also not just going to like lollygag. And it sounds like this person was doing a little bit of that up front once they felt like they had all the time in the world. Yeah, like reading, but not really engaging, like kind of just yeah. doing the words and not actually just like arguing with the the meaning, you know, like not participating in the logic. Yeah. Because if you participate in the logic on the logical reasoning questions, I mean, especially the first 10 or 15 in the section, you should just be nailing it. Like you should be predicting the answer. Yeah. Or, or possibly obsessing about details. Like sometimes I get students who are like, well, what does it mean by, you know, important? Like, is that the same as key? And it's like, yeah, um, yeah like I'm not going <laughs> to, if two answers come down to that, then sure. I might start contemplating the difference between those two terms. But right now I'm going to say that's synonymous enough. Let's just move on and look for well, bigger issues. Exactly. Like you have to, you have to engage with the bigger problem. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, they went from important to key or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's close enough. There's some other big glaring problem in the argument somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's like they are allowed to use synonyms. And sometimes they're not going to be pure synonyms. Sometimes they're going to just be sort of words that are related enough. But it's like, did you see right there where they confuse sufficient for necessary? Yeah, <laughs> I was actually just thinking that dramatically more important than your, you know, quibble about the, these two key, these two terms. I think people get into the super technical mindset where they're trying to match terms and stuff instead mm. of just like bigger picture. Hey, if this was a debate, if the other side was trying to make this case, is that what you would be quibbling about? Or would you be arguing about this much bigger glaring problem in their argument? Yeah. I feel like that happens so often in wrong answer choices. People are like, well, Ben, Ben, this is wrong because of the word many. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't like, I don't like that, but 
this is a false contrapositive of what we're looking for. Yeah. Like we're, if, if this were flipped around, even though it's many and that's not as strong as I'd like it to be in this particular question or whatever, that would be a much different like analysis. It would be, well, how strong are the other answers? <laughs> how fitting are the other words? But this is a false contrapositive. So it's it's just like dead on arrival, right? It's it's never gonna work, even if we fix that many problem. Yep. And they're but they're like focused on that and they're missing the fact that they're flipped around. And it's like, ah, that's why you're gonna get this right in this case. You got lucky because you thought it was wrong, but for the wrong or for a less important reason. And then it's gonna be wrong in another case, but they're going to have the word most and now you're going to pick it, yep. but you don't see the false contrapositive yep. anyway. So who knows what this person is doing? I'm glad that they found us something that worked for them, but in general, I would suggest practicing what you're ultimately going to do. Yep. I agree. So I don't know. Ty it's generous. <laughs> generous. <laughs> Nothing wrong with giving out one more tie. All to right. The world. All right. <laughs> Our all important scoreboard <laughs> that no one cares yeah, about except that for no us. One, that no one knows. <laughs> all right, Ben, enough Stalin. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's time. Delay this forever. I'm, I love your headings that you have here. Oh my God. Don't even like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm about to read my personal statement. I looked through my files and this is what I found. And it, as I read it, <laughs> I, I almost feel like I'm responding to a particular prompt, so I don't know what is going on here, and I will stop trying to make excuses. But <laughs> I have many, a, I, mine's going to be worse, hours. so don't worry. And how many schools did you apply to with this? Uh, I don't gem? actually remember. I don't remember. I I uh, do you remember debating between going East Coast or West Coast, and decided to go to DC because I was interested in becoming a politician like seriously <laughs> i would vote for you oh thanks man Hell yeah that's uh cool so yeah two votes my mom and you so <laughs> man i don't know it's it, life is fun but anyway so here we are <laughs> and i have a title the title says oh geez i can't even read the title Leadership. I like how it's in all caps. Leadership. <laughs> Just by itself. Leadership. And then we have a paragraph. That's awesome. Fuck? Why did I do this? Okay. This is thinking back. I find that my most challenging and growing experiences have been my opportunities to lead. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure I was some great leader. <laughs> that's yeah. That's hilarious. It's, it's also just like, it's telling, it's got the, like the passive have been my opportunities to lead. Yeah. What's the subject of that sentence? You start with thinking back. I find I. that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're finding, what are you finding? Yep. <laughs> that my most challenging and growing experiences have been. <laughs> My opportunities to lead. <laughs> okay. So hopefully we're going to hear about some of those. If I read this in someone's bio, I'd be like, your opportunities to lead. When did you actually lead, buddy? Like people, it's like people who say they, you know, they're serial entrepreneurs. You're like, really? You've started lots of companies? Like, which, why don't you just tell me one uh, uh, that worked out for that's you? That's foreshadowing of my bullshit personal statement. Wait, oh, okay. wait till we oh, get really? there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I continue. Sometimes... 
It can be difficult to motivate myself, let alone motivate others, let alone to motivate others. Anyways, yet, ironically, the more I understand the characteristics necessary to be a good leader, the more I realize that leadership is difficult, not because it requires us to change others, but because it requires us to change ourselves. Jeez, That's I'm a like, nice sentiment. <laughs> it is. Um, I'm waxing poetic here. Yeah, you are. Okay. Well, apparently I was a leader at this point in my life and I knew what it took to be a and good leader. And you keep saying it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go again. To be a leader with influence. Hey, this was before influencers were a thing, by the way. <laughs> to be a leader with influence, we must invite others to change and follow us through our example, our personal change for the better. Oh my God. That's like you just said that. Yeah. (laughs) That's wow. Okay. All right. Anyways, otherwise we will only push them away and do exactly the opposite of what we were, are trying to accomplish. Lead them. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Like, (laughs) and that's the end. That's the end of the, like, there's, there's not one fact in there. There's not one hey, I detail told you how to lead, man. about anything you ever did. It's just like, I'm a leader because I know how to lead because leading requires you to change yourself so that you will not do the exact opposite. <laughs> Amazing. What you want to do, which is lead. Amazing. Okay. Now we're on to the okay. next section. This is great. Next section. Yeah. So apparently our readers would have learned something and been like, yes, we want this guy at our school. What is this? There's two sections, leadership and then mind wire. <laughs> I don't know. So this is all caps mind wire. And then we have a much longer thing here about okay, your So this is mind wire is the name of the company that I worked for. So yeah. at least I'm, I'm ho- optimistic that I'm going to get into some more action. items. Like today, a hopefully. detail about your actual life. Yeah, like something about me, mm-hmm. my personal, maybe a personal statement about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Gosh, this is weird. Okay, so when I first started to work for MindWire Interactive, one experience helped me better understand this principle. Oh, the leadership oh, principle. We're going on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like a principle question from logical reasoning. I started the day as usual when I was soon called into Josh's office. Josh, my boss and CEO of MindWire, had apparently received a distressed voicemail late the night before from one of our clients. It was Wednesday morning, and our client's project was due Friday. Semicolon. But the client was sure we weren't going to finish because we had only completed about one-fourth of his project in the past four weeks, and there were only two days left. (laughs) Yeah, With one-fourth misspelled? (laughs) <laughs> oh geez fourth f-o-r-t-h <laughs> what is that henceforth and forever <laughs> okay yeah i think this client would be right sorry that they hired us let's see here <laughs> our client <laughs> our client had strict deadlines pressing down on him and he had made that very clear to me i was a project manager by the way I had repeatedly reassured him that we would complete his project on time. I had pushed hard to reach this deadline and felt we could. But now it was hard to disagree with him. We weren't going to make it. As the project manager, I was ultimately responsible for the project. Hmm. Duh. 
Josh replayed the client's message and asked me for an update on the situation. Although I was defensive, I had to confess that we were behind immensely. <laughs> Thanks for that adverb. Okay. <laughs> it's also like you're, you're taking up a lot of real estate basically pointing out a time where you had fucked up, right? Like you had, yep. you had, um, underestimated or whatever <laughs> you had repeatedly. It sounds like you had told them you were going to make it, but you weren't. This is not good. And now you're like forced to confess that you're not going to make it. And I was defensive and you were defensive oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hi. I am a shit face. Would you like me to join your law school? <laughs> Apparently some schools. No, said, yeah. Cause there's going to be low. There's going to be learning and growing. Um, that's going to happen. I can, I can sense it. I can sense it. Yeah. Challenge overcome yep. narrative. Here we go. Yep. At the time I did not see how I had contributed to the predicament predicament we were in. So now you're not Gosh. understanding that you're the project manager. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> Semicolon. I, geez, I was a semi-colon abuser too. Yeah. I only saw the faults of the developers assigned to the project. Oh, geez. Now this next sentence is in italics. Yep. They hadn't taken enough responsibility. I interjected to myself. I interjected to myself. <laughs> <laughs> in your head or out loud or what? Inter I think we can the let use the of interjected right there. You could have said, I thought. <laughs> hey, I was a writer, man. Yeah. Hey, oh, I can see you working, man. <laughs> Wait till you see mine. It's the same thing. It's just like over, <laughs> just trying so hard to, to like sound smart. It's just obnoxious. All right, go ahead. Yeah. As I dig my own grave and they should have. Okay. Oh, so I, I said to myself, okay, they hadn't taken enough responsibility. I interjected to myself and they should have better understood the needs of the client and worked faster. I thought I understood the problem. After assessing the situation, Josh called the others assigned to the project into his office. He explained the situation and made it very clear that he felt none of us had made any serious mistakes. In fact, he subtly took some responsibility for the problem because of his recent and somewhat unorganized initiative to implement a new process in the way we do business. Ugh, wordy, wordy, wordy. He clarified that the new process was exactly that. New, and it would require some time to get used to. I was surprised. He had somehow caught the reality of the situation, recognized its severity, but saw past our culpability. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm rhyming here. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, I was an instant partisan. Blame was behind me and I resolved to do better. He then asked us to stay all night that night until we finished the project, to which we quickly accepted. What? I guess we accepted his invitation. I'm very curious about, night. like, so I was an instant partisan. I was like, I, what does that even mean? Well, I'm trying to interpret my past self, but I take that to mean, like, a proponent, maybe? Or an instant, like... Like you got on board all of a sudden with the project yeah, or like something? Yeah, like I was like a, we're not, like a fan. We're not, a pointing the fiction, not pointing the finger anymore. Now we're just going to get to work kind of thing. That's what you mean? Yeah, by and I think I was a fan of him. Like I was like, hey, you're right. 
but I guess a, a partisan, I don't That's know. That's a very strange word choice because I think partisan is very frequently used to mean like, you know, combatant. Yeah. And I think that's the exact opposite of the meaning you're trying to go for there. Hmm. Then the sentence, he then asks us to say, to stay all night. Sorry. He then asked us to stay all that night until we finished the project to which we quickly accepted. <laughs> I no. Don't know. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. We quickly accepted the project. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to delay because you, we only have one paragraph left of your personal statement here and then we have to do mine and it's going to be awful. That's cool, man. Hey, it's funny that I read this now. I actually remember this night. Um, this is, this is when we, uh, I do remember this is the first time I encountered all our base are belong to us. (laughs) Are you familiar with that? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I imagine most of our listeners are Too young, not familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. But if you Google uh, all our base are belong to us, you'll see a, one of the first memes actually to take off on YouTube. Uh, and it's about a Nintendo video game. It's hilarious. In any case, well, especially funny when you're watching it at like three in the morning with developers, but yeah, you guys were delirious. I think trying to finish we were this delirious. project. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So next paragraph, we did not finish the project that night or the next day, but we moved forward substantially and worked out a new timeline with the client. The end result was simple. Colon. We focused on a solution, worked hard, and finished the project because Josh took responsibility for what he could have done better. He opened himself to what had really happened and allowed himself to be taught, which likewise helped me to open up and learn what I had closed myself to by only looking for the mistakes of others. The experience and reflection on similar incidents have dramatically changed my approach to leadership. Oh, yes, I'm a great leader now. I didn't say that then. I'm just making fun of myself. Not surprisingly, the impact I have seen has been quite... Wait, 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 hold on. Been quiet, but substantial. I thought it said quite. The impact impact I have seen. (laughs) Jeez. Has been quiet, <laughs> but substantial. <laughs> Just believe me. You would. No one knows. It's been quiet, but I know, and it's substantial. <laughs> oh, geez. I I learned like virtually nothing about you <laughs> as a result of 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 that right there. I mean, like I learned that you were a project manager. And that you had to work all night one night and that you believe that you have learned a lot of things about leadership, but I don't actually see you doing anything. Yeah. I also feel like I showed that I had trouble taking responsibility, trouble managing deadlines and wow. Yeah. You, I don't you just never showed yourself actually doing better. Yeah. You should like, they're going to ask if Josh is applying to law school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're, you're just, Oh, I, I saw Josh open himself up. So, so did I, but then you don't <laughs> actually show yourself doing it. You just tell and tell and tell yourself doing it. Oh man. Yeah. Not, not your best effort, buddy. No. Yep. <laughs> any, any final remarks about that? Jim? I, you know, if, if uh, I were reading this statement that someone else had sent us, I would say, Hey, 
blow the whole thing up, but tell me more about what you did as a project manager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you could totally was a good experience. Actually, it was a growing experience and I could tell a lot of things that I did that would show that instead of just, well, you, right. Pretending. So my first suggestion is, Hey, why don't we just open like the very first paragraph? Why don't we open with you working this all nighter? Yeah, seriously. You know, cause then I get to see you in action. Oh shit. Look at this guy. You know, he's doing what it, he's doing what it takes with his team to get it done at the last minute. Yeah. Cause I had to, at least I agreed to do it. I mean, it's kind of lame that I had to be led by Josh, but there are things in here that were done well and, the, or at least, yeah. And this is, I don't even know if I should be focusing on this experience. You know, maybe we talk about this all nighter, but there were a lot of other things that we did do well and talking about those would be good. Oh boy. All right. Are we ready? I, I think so. Uh, all right. It's got my name at the top. It's got the words. Where's your title in all caps, dude? I know. I didn't realize you're supposed to do that. It's got uh, a <laughs> personal statement. And then it's got my social security number, which I'm not <laughs> sure right. if that's what you're supposed to put on your personal statement. I think it's supposed to be your LSAC number. Um, hmm. Okay. I see a lot of double spacing here, too. It's, it's, it's weirdly single spaced and then double spaces between the paragraphs. No, no, I'm sorry. Wait, no, there are double spaces between some of these sentences. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's double spaces throughout, I think. And then there's one single space. Oh, is there? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I was just talking about the line, the line breaks. It's just, it's the whole document oh. is single spaced. Oh, yeah. Right. Yours was double spaced, which is correct. Mine was single spaced, which is not good. Okay, here we go. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Sorry, I'm already it's so bad. <laughs> enjoying so, this first this sentence. is so bad. Okay. Babson's MBA gave me a large box of tools for conceiving, developing, and operating businesses. <laughs> the MBA is the subject of the sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the MBA gave me. A toolbox. Aw. <laughs> that imagery is powerful. It's like, it, yeah. I mean, the MBA is on my resume, right? So I don't know. I thought I was like trying to impress. I thought it was going to be impressive that I did an MBA. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about like entrepreneurship because Babson is entrepreneur, entrepreneurial type of school. It's just this when you, it's going to become so clear that I should not have gone to law school, but, and also this is kind of a lie. Like, I don't really know. I mean, I say all the time that the only thing I learned in business school is that any idiot can start a business. And I think that's, there's, that's pretty true. Like I don't use anything I learned in my MBA. Mm -hmm. Maybe at the time I believed this though. All right. Second sentence together with a group of partners, I have started construction on business ventures that I hope will meet my goals as an entrepreneur. <laughs> You've started construction. Yeah. Like it's as if I'm on business ventures. I've got a hard hat ventures? on and I'm like actually constructing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, the truth is we were doing stuff at the time. It was me and a few of my friends and we were like, just had a, you know, we had a, a few different irons in the fire, different website yeah. and stuff that we had started and none of it went anywhere, but I mean, we, we were working on it. Hmm. Okay. 
but yeah, I'm like painting myself as this like fucking business magnate here. You know, it's like, <laughs> look at me. I'm a big, big shot. Hey, I was a leader. Yeah. Boy, the two of us together, we could have really <laughs> set the world on fire, man. <laughs> Matriculation at UC Hastings College of the Law would add power to that business toolbox while also equipping me to take on projects in the public sphere. <laughs> 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 don't even need to say anything we just read it it's just so obviously garbage for this purpose i am particularly interested in hastings public interest law concentration i learned more <laughs> that's the first paragraph you want to say anything no, no. <laughs> i learned more than how to make money in business school at babson i studied under professor natalie taylor whose social entrepreneurship class focuses on how organizational action affects quote, people, planet, and profit, the so-called triple bottom line. As a graduate research assistant at the Blank Center for Entrepreneurship, I worked with Professor Taylor to co-author a business case on the Timberland Company, one of the world's leaders in corporate social responsibility. Spend any time at the Blank Center and you'll get the impression that getting rich can be easy. Timberland provides a wonderful example of a company that has managed to enrich the world and its people at the same time. Well, at least you, a couple of these sentences were you doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the really vague. All you did was work with. I worked with is lame, right? We, we, we yeah. constantly correct people on that to say like, yeah, but what did you do? I do have mm-hmm. co-author here. So it's like, okay, I was writing a business case. So you should have said I co-authored yes. a business case on t- the Timberland company with Professor Taylor. Yes. Yeah. Right. That would have been a much better way to do that. And then I'm just kind of. I like how you studied under Professor Natalie Taylor. Oh, it's like this old school method of like having mentors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like way overselling, you know, I'm like over emphasizing the power of this experience and oh, just gross. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this next paragraph looks interesting. Yeah. So third paragraph. Now we have, now that I'm back in San Francisco, my goals are as follows, colon. And then we have indented numbered <laughs> list. Two, two, two things on my list of goals now that I was back in San Francisco. One, as an entrepreneur, create profitable ventures that also make the world a better place. Number two. As a citizen, influence public and private entities toward peace, justice, and most of all, common sense. Oh my gosh. You got justice in your personal story. I do. I do. Amazing. Well, these goals are so concrete that we can pretty much decide right now whether you've accomplished them. As a citizen, have you influenced public and private entities towards peace, justice, and most of all, common sense? Absolutely not. <laughs> bummer yeah have you created profitable ventures that also make the world a better place that might you might have accomplished goal number i like to think so yeah i like to think so it was like i didn't do it in the way that i expected at all but you know i feel like i've helped people i don't know yeah all right i will further discuss my (laughs) i will further discuss my mba program okay cool so obnoxious oh all right (laughs) I will further discuss my MBA program and my ongoing entrepreneurial enterprises. Enterprises, my goodness. But first, allow me an example of the type of public projects that interest me. 
this is this is where I get real creative here. Okay. Across the Holy street cow. from my flat on 19th Street between Mission and Valencia is a convenience store called Jim's Lower Price Market. Parentheses. The prices are most certainly not lower. They're higher. Lower than the airport, maybe. Or a ballpark. Ho, ho, ho. I know. I like, Good one, dude. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's Next paragraph. I'm willing to let the name slide. The thing I want to change about Jim's is its sale of scratch-off lottery tickets, which I see as a significant public detriment. Neuroscientists studying addiction have shown that playing the lottery causes effects on the brain that are virtually indistinguishable from those of crack cocaine. The mission has plenty of crack, too, another issue altogether. Suffice to say Side note. <laughs> that my neighborhood already has its problems with addiction without the state of California helping. Wow, this is so... It's lofty, isn't it? I'm like going to really change the world here. You were going to change the world. Although this is interesting. I do feel like, personal side note, state lottery is basically a tax on the poor. It's, it's, it seems like a shitty oh, and way to like raise money. Allow me to continue. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Gambling might be impossible to stop. Still, why should the state not only condone it, but advertise it on television? The people I see purchasing scratch tickets at gyms can ill afford another vice, state-sponsored or otherwise. This is money that should be spent on food, rent, health care, or saved for the future. Quote, it's a tax on dumb people, some say with a shrug. This seems glib to me. Do we want to live in a society that purposely creates traps for the less fortunate? Wow. The lottery's claim that it funds education rings hollow to me. I put very hollow. That's so annoying. That is terrible. Yeah. Very. I can't even read it. <laughs> I did. I had a very too. The, the lottery's claim that it funds education rings very hollow to me. Very. Ooh. Sure. Part of every dollar builds new schools or buys math textbooks. I suppose the math teachers then use those school books to try to counter counteract the effects of lottery commercials. At the very least, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Whoa, that's biblical. Oh, I was, I, I went for it, man. This is coming at you. <laughs> okay. I do hate the fucking lottery, <laughs> though. And yeah, I really hate yeah. when people say it's a tax on dumb people. Well, it's interesting that they say that. They realize it's like, I think a lot of people don't realize that. And they just say, oh, lottery, lottery, whatever. But if you realize that and you're still supported, like, you're cool with that? Yeah. And, and it's a, when they say it's a tax on dumb people, you're cool with that? Like, you think that's yeah. a good system to have? I, I don't, I don't. I mean, it, it is true. Like the like when they, and they always do this, but the California lottery, when the, when the lottery just started in California, they would always talk about how it funds education. Yeah, sure. But it's like, they have to sell hold it. on a second, but 50% of it funds education. The rest of it goes to the liquor stores that are selling the tickets and the television advertisements for this stupid fucking thing. Yeah. And then you have the winners. And I think I was just talking to someone the other day who said that the winners almost always, not surprisingly take the lump sum, right. As opposed to the annual payments. And it's almost always gone within like three to four years. Yeah. And this is even which is crazy. Yeah. Right. And this is scratchers. You know, this is people with just like playing scratch off lottery tickets where they win five or 10 or a hundred bucks. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And what what happens in places that sell scratchers is like you just see people there, like they buy scratchers, they scratch them off. If they win, they buy more tickets. They scratch those off, they lose, they throw them on the ground. <laughs> like that's what happens. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. We get off of that and get back to my wonderful personal statement. I'm not naive enough to think that a law degree will allow me to easily vanquish a bureaucratic juggernaut like the state lottery. (laughs) You go vanquishing. Dude, I have vanquish, bureaucratic, juggernaut, all in the same sentence. Wow. However, I hope that a strong foundation in the law will help me see what possible avenues a citizen might pursue in order to bring about change. What recourse do the people have? How can we affect reform within and without government organizations? Are we entirely powerless or do we have options? Then the worst part of the personal statement right here. A single paragraph, (laughs) one sentence, four words. It says, but back to business. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Oh, it's almost over. <laughs> Back to business. If you're still reading. It's actually not almost <laughs> over. It's only like halfway. Fuck. Okay. Three months ago, I launched a partnership to pursue a variety of entrepreneurial ventures. <laughs> Currently, this is a true story, Ben. You don't know this about me. I don't think. Currently, yeah. our most promising project is a web-based tool for facilitating art sales. Parentheses. Imagine a wedding registry where guests pitch in on a nice piece of art instead of buying hand towels and blenders. My company will charge a fee for connecting sellers with previously inaccessible buyers. Wait, hold up. Guests pitch in on a nice piece of art instead of buying hand towels and blenders? Yeah. So, was there a market for this? Uh, Turned out, no. (laughs) No, there was not. (laughs) (laughs) You know how Henry Ford started a million failed businesses before he started Ford Motor Company? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of one of my failures. Yeah. yeah, no one wanted to do this. It was way too complicated. One thing that particularly appeals to me about this project is that it embodies a certain populist flair in that it combines the power of small gifts to help people acquire works of art they might not otherwise be able to afford. Furthermore, increased art sales would support artists creating art, whereas increased pottery barn sales stimulate the creation of more stuff. With the attendant <laughs> social and environmental side effects. Um, the attendant. What a pompous um, ass. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, if you've been at Pottery Barn this week, talk to Nathan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to shame you. on the I'm way. mad at my language. I, I'm, I'm mad at like just the, yeah, the use of attendant there. It's like, ugh. Okay. In this and in other projects, I know that a law degree would complement my MBA further. That's I misspelled compliment. That needs to be an E, dude, not an I. Fuck. <laughs> Congratulations, MBA. Yeah. <laughs> further equipping me to make smart choices for business and the public. That's the second time you said equipped. To understand the loopholes and the traps. To move Period. forward efficiently. <laughs> See me breaking the rules? (laughs) What? (laughs) To understand the loopholes and the traps, period. To move forward efficiently, period. Those are not sentences. Mm. Okay. One final critical reason I am applying to law school is a simple love of learning. 
<laughs> one of the most stimulating cases I, uh, sorry, one of the most stimulating classes I have ever taken was a class on First Amendment law during my journalism master's program at Northeastern University. I greatly enjoyed reading the cases, dissecting the arguments, and considering the written opinions of the Supreme Court justices. I've been incredibly privileged to study as much as I already have, and I hope that Hastings will help me continue a process of lifelong learning. Oh my gosh. I know. Tell, tell, tell. It's also fucking lying. Like, I hate school. I always hated school. I don't know why I went to so much school, because I fucking hate it. All right. If admitted, I hope I'll be able to contribute as much to Hastings as I take away. (laughs) (laughs) How's that going? (laughs) How's that working out? (laughs) Uh, In my career, I've been a financial consultant, a programmer, a manager, an editor, and a teacher. It's the last, I think, that has given me the most satisfaction. If admitted, I intend to share as much of my experience as possible with my fellow students while learning from them as well. Thank you very much for considering my application. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, this is a foreshadowing, and it's interesting that um, now you are a teacher and enjoy what you do as an entrepreneur. That was your first goal, not your second. I'm I'm actually, I didn't realize that I had anything about teaching in in here. Uh, so that that's actually, it's kind of nice to see that. It's like, and I mean, I knew. I'm like, it's the last, I think, that has given me the most satisfaction. Yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> mm. I was on the verge of finding, you know, finding it. I had just started teaching LSAT. And I was like, <laughs> loving it. And, uh, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, so if we had reviewed this statement, we might have said, hey, <laughs> are you sure that you want to apply to law school? Yeah, like the the fact that I thought it was going to like help me be an entrepreneur, that's not a good reason to go to law school. That's a real, real bad reason to go to law school. Entrepreneurs can hire lawyers. Yep. All right. Anything else we need to say about this? No, I hope that. People were as entertained as we were. Oh my God. Okay. I'm never looking at this ever again. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. It's not public. <laughs> you might have to. Oh, all right. Well, there you have it, folks. We too are capable of writing very shitty personal statements. Maybe the takeaway is that like, you just shouldn't be doing this by yourself. Yeah. I mean, did you I get agree. any help? No. Nope. I sat down and I considered myself a badass writer. Yep. Me too. Obviously. Like, I'm going to tell people about leadership. Then I'm going to tell them about Mindwire. Boom. Now they're going to love me. Boom. <laughs> and you just like write it and then you sit there and admire it, rereading it and going, wow, look at this just yeah, flowing. It's like a silo. Yeah. You know, you do that chef's It's kiss like when you thing. get on, huh? That chef's <laughs> kit, you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A wink and a nod. Beautiful. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of like I think when people get, you know, they have like a certain political view or something. I mean, we do this as well, but you go to the news sources that support that view and um, it just kind of becomes this like, re, you know, this, I don't know, this loop, like the feedback loop. It's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. This sounds good. Oh, wow. And then you're focused on how it sounds and 
totally missing what you're actually saying. Just fall in love with yourself. You know, you don't realize how much you're just like bloviating <laughs> with just like unnecessary big words and just bullshit. I can't believe I put, but back to business as a one sentence paragraph. I really wanted to make that stand out. <laughs> I'm sure people read it. We're like, Oh, okay, great. Let's get back, back to, to business. business. Stop wasting time with your bitching about the lottery. <laughs> the lottery is dumb. I stand by that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember actually writing, I don't, I don't remember with law school. Cause I don't think I even let anybody see this. I think I just applied with this. I was just mm-hmm. like, yep, that's ready mm-hmm. to go right there, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> well, plus it's hard to hear feedback. I think sometimes when you hear feedback and someone actually, well, most people are going to give you positive feedback because they like right. you. It's in their interest to say nice things because then you like right. them and they well, like it when they, when you like them. But yeah. So the story, the, the anecdote that I do remember is when I was applying to business school, mm-hmm. I had to write, I applied to MIT and I didn't get in obviously because MIT is a really, really good business school and I have horrible undergraduate grades, but I applied to MIT and my girlfriend at the time had an uncle who had gone to MIT business school Mm. Mm -hmm. and I had him read my, like for MIT, you had to write these special essays Mm -hmm. and I had him read it. And I just remember him being like, his, his feedback was basically like, that's a lot, dude. (laughs) <laughs> like, cause it was like this where it was like this, like coming at you, like jumping off the page. You know what I mean? Like with just, it's like so much, ugh, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, you know, it, it there's a voice there, right? But there's yeah. like way too much of it. Yeah. And, um, he was, well, that's basically his feedback. It was like, this is intense. Like basically they're going to either love this or hate it. And I think his mm. intention there was to say, dude, fucking tone it down. Yeah. And I remember just being like, I know it's beautiful. It's awesome. <laughs> I just sent yeah. it in. Yeah. You know, like got the feedback and just totally ignored it. Well, it's weird because I mean, I've been in this position too before where you get that feedback and you know, some be- feedback is bad. Some feedback is bad. So it's not unreasonable to reject feedback and think, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They're not applying to law school. They're not applying to business school, but more, they don't know me (laughs) at the same time. It's like, yeah, but that's someone else's perspective. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Someone you don't know and who doesn't care about you is going to be reading about you. And so if your friend thinks something's a little off, and most friends won't admit it, but if they do, then someone who doesn't know you is going to think a lot of things are off and you just have to, you have to hear it. You have to somehow open your mind to it. Yeah. It's real hard though. I mean, people want to be done, right? People want to just be like, they want, they, they want it to be good in the first place. They worked hard on it. They think, you know, they want it to be good. They want to, and then they just want it to be over with so that they can send yeah. it in and move on with their life. But, um, yeah, you need to get people that are going to give you like real honest feedback and then you need to, you know, decide in advance that you're gonna (laughs) consider that feedback instead of just rejecting it out of hand. Like I did with those business school essays. We should mention that we do do this for, as a service, 
we have a personal statement package, which you can find on thinkingelsat.com. Although I hesitate to say this just after all we've said, because it sounds like we're trying to sell that necessarily. But even if you don't come to us, go to someone, get feedback from as many people as you can and try to find people who are willing to give you honest feedback. You might have to encourage them too. You might just say, hey, look, like, is there anything that you would do even just a little bit different? And if they tell you, they're like, well, yeah, you know, I might not start with this. See if there's some merit to it. <laughs> yeah. Because there's probably more there, right? It takes encouragement to get people to open up because there's not really a huge incentive for them to do so. Yeah. Anyway. You can go to LSAT. Uh, wait, no, you can go to thinkinglsat.com if you want to learn more about our personal statement service. You can go to lsatdemon.com if you want to uh, do some LSAT questions and improve your LSAT score. Uh, anything else we should talk about before we wrap it up? No. Ben, today is Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day. Hmm. And I know that because I live on the edge of Little Armenia here in Los Angeles. And Wednesday, oh. April 24th uh, is the day. And I was wondering what's going on. I heard helicopters and shit. And now I'm real and now I'm seeing cars going by with Armenian flags all over them. They like close down Hollywood Boulevard and they have a big parade and everything to uh, commemorate the victims of the Armenian genocide of 1915. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So there you go. All right. Should we, I'm going to go out there and try to find some good food. I think, I think that's it. Anything else you want to talk about today? No, that's great. Thanks. Okay. Go to uh, Thinking LSAT Podcast Group on Facebook if you want to join the conversation there. Give our Thinking LSAT Facebook page a like while you're there. Uh, we're at Thinking LSAT on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You can find us. Visit strategyprep.com if you want to learn about Ben's classes in DC. FoxLSAT.com if you want to learn about my classes in LA and San Francisco. We each have online stuff and we also both do one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Uh, now using the LSAT demon to supplement our one-on-one -on -one tutoring. I think that's it. That was show number 190. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school. 